1: podcast featuring
0: legends of the past stars of today season previews and race reviews introspection opinion facts and laughs here's your host steve mathis
1: yeah welcome fly racing racer x podcast presented by maxis and alpine stars love talking to this guy jeremy mcgrath Always gives me time of the day. Uh, I know he's super busy, but can never get enough bench racing with him, catching up with him, talking about different things. And uh, he just rode a KX500 at Mammoth. What better reason to get him on the phone than to get to the bottom of that and uh, find out how he liked it and how it was and everything else. We talked a while at Paula, MC and I did, because uh, he told me about this bike he's been building. I I experienced, uh, I showed him my uh, photos of the Yamaha, the Honda, and the Cowie that I rebuilt. We talked, to, we laughed about going deep into the archives of the internet to uh, find out all the tips and tricks for these guys uh, for the bikes from all these people all over the world that have built these things. So, uh, always a fun time to talk to Jeremy about that, his role at Kawasaki, uh, bench race some old stuff, as well as talk about the Maxis line of tires that he helped develop. So, plenty to get to. Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Blake Baggett running fly racing, winning that moto at High Point. And then never winning another moto all year so far, but he had fly racing for that. Uh, Weston Pike is still rocking fly racing. Everybody, don't worry. Weston's uh, out there riding, and he's uh, he'll be a fly athlete for life. Those guys absolutely love him. Formula helmet out now. FR5 mid-level boot as well. If you're in the market for a uh, set of boots, uh, but don't have enough money for say a Tech Ten, uh, go look at the FR5 boot, man. It's really really good. It's done a, a lot of uh, R and behind it. It's got two hinges on it as well for protection and stability purposes. So. Yeah, go check that out. Thanks to Maxis as well, MXST, developed by the guy in the line here, Jeremy McGrath, AJ Cantanzaro using Maxis tires to make man events in Supercross this year, and great mountain bike tires, I love the Minions, so please uh, check them out uh, if you can, Maxis.com, and Alpine Stars, Tech 10, the most advanced boot in motocross today. Tech 7, my boot of choice, it doesn't have the booty, and I have bigger calves, so it fits perfectly, and I have wide feet, basically Fred Flintstone feet is what Pookie calls it, so... Uh, I love the Tech 7s. Tech 10s, for me, aren't good enough. I don't race supercross. They don't fit good enough, I should say, for my width of feet and my size of my calves. But the Tech 7 fits perfectly. The Tech 10 does fit 80% of everybody else out there and looks great as well. Um, redesigned buckles a few years ago on the Alpine Stars and way, way better. So please check out Alpine Stars. Uh, you know the name. You know the product. And uh, Fly Racing Maxis, all on board with this show. And you people, thanks for listening, man. Really appreciate it. Let's get right into Jeremy McGrath, all right? And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing RacerX podcast, eight-time national and supercross champion and uh, one of the sports all-time greats, Jeremy McGrath. What's up, MC? How are you?
0: Oh, man, I'm good. What's up, Matthew? How
1: you doing? I'm good. Thank you for doing this, as always. I appreciate it. Uh, brought to you by Alpine Stars and Maxxis Tires, two companies that you know well. So uh, it's, it's a nice fit to get you on here.
0: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's always fun to rap about racing and talk about the old school and all that stuff. Yeah, it's comedy.
1: Did you know that in Italy, there's a conference room at Alpine Stars named the Jeremy McGrath Room?
0: Um, I I haven't been there to see it, but I know that uh, you know, Gabrielle definitely has treated me right over the years, and I, I know he has a conference room. Yeah, yeah, um, but- was my name, but. In Orange County,
1: yeah. So, yeah, um, pretty awesome. Hey, hey, we were just, we were just laughing before I hit record. Denny Stevenson, he's not happy with me, MC. I'm going to need you to play middleman here with with, with Debo.
0: <laughs> oh man, no, it's it's funny. I I'm laughing at all the banter back and forth, and I know you were recently on the hit list. So yes, yes, uh, I was. It's kind of uh, it's kind of funny. I enjoy let reading about you know all Denny's rants and stuff, and I. The the greatest part for me is reading when I'm reading it is picturing what Denny's actually doing or what he's actually <laughs> where he's sitting, what he's wearing when he's
1: actually right. All this shit on the Instagram is so funny. Yeah, uh, he doesn't so, like yeah he doesn't like that I I call him Stephen A. Stevenson because he he literally blew Eli Tomac out after Moto one at WW Ranch when he got seventh and e- Moto two Eli wins and I'm like Denny you should probably just wait just wait till the end of the day. <laughs>
0: I'm wondering. I'm wondering if Denny. He. I wonder. I'm wondering now if he thinks Eli must be following him, and gets so motivated when he trashes him <laughs> that he, he just comes out and pins it and wins the moto. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking that Denny. Denny probably feels like
1: he's Eli's motivator. Right. Right. To me. It's pretty funny. His. Him. His posting would be like saying in 1994, putting a photo of you up, and being like, "This guy, <laughs> he can't win outdoors. He just can't do it, man. He's not tough enough." He can't do it. Yeah. He'll always be an indoor guy. It's like, uh, oh, yeah. we should probably wait a little bit here. We should wait just a little bit.
0: Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey as that old saying goes, things can change. <laughs> yes. And they change rapidly.
1: Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, uh, anyways, I don't know where our friendship is at. You may have to. Uh, Play the middleman. I'm
0: thinking you're going to have to have Stephen A. Stevenson into your studio to talk about it. Yes,
1: I think I will. I will exactly. Um, <laughs> good times. Hey, uh, thank you. The last time we chatted was a while ago for the No Fear story, and uh, I did that online. I put it up, and man, people loved it. And and you know what? Uh, not blowing smoke, but they loved your honesty. I got so many comments about how your part was so good to read so uh just thanks for for all of that it's a really cool story Hey, you
0: know what it's funny i want to tell you this yeah it was great doing the story and it was really fun talking about that because it's you know as you learned even the stuff we were talking about you didn't know no, some of that stuff no. but i've gotten a lot of comments on that article of how awesome it was and how that's like the best read that they've had in a long period of time so hey kudos to yourself good job on that that was I, I loved it. I mean, there was I was interested in all that stuff too, and yeah. obviously my my part is a small little part of it, but yeah. it was great reading all that stuff. It was awesome.
1: God, it, it it made me dig around and look around and read about it, and 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 what a what a first of all, what an amazing looking gear yourself, K Dub, Tortelli, Pastrana, Everett's. Yeah, what right? a lineup, <laughs> right? Yeah, jeez, uh, absolutely. Uh, I was yeah.
0: talking about that yesterday with someone. It was like, hey. How in the world did they, I mean, it's like the Great Wall of China. How did that company was so successful, so big, and it just fell to the depths of earth
1: crazy? The number one question I got from everybody was, how did these guys not get stupid rich at it? Because it didn't sound like either Mark or Brian did. Um, They sound like they're doing okay, but it didn't sound like they got stupid rich. And no one I talked to could understand why they they weren't sucking away ten million a year for themselves somewhere or or more or less or whatever. That was the Yeah, uh, right. Or yeah. some
0: big number, whatever it was. Yeah,
1: like no one could quite figure that out. And I, and they would ask me and I'm like, I don't know, ma'am. I I don't know. I asked them too, I asked the same question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think the real answer to that is that they lived and died with no fear blood. <laughs> right, so right. they had so much pride in their yeah. company that they they rose to the highest of heights with it and then they just they burned down with the whole building and just never jumped out the window
1: <laughs> exactly no i, I know mean, right there's
0: something to be said for that you yeah. know what i mean that's some serious serious pride some serious yeah. toil, some serious belief in what you're doing and they they resurrected that thing two two solid times yeah and and man still went down in flames
1: yeah Crazy. No, you're right, yeah, absolutely. They lived the lifestyle, and they were the whole way that's That's definitely something I got from talking to everybody in the story was the brothers lived yeah. it, man. They really did, so yeah, they did um and and yep. dude, you don't know how hard it was to get Sirwall on the phone. He did not want to do it. Thank you, Jeff Sirwal, for doing it, but he he did not yeah, want to talk I'm sure about that it
0: Jeff Jeff's not a you know he's a more of a doer, he's not a talker so
1: right, right
0: <clears throat> that was uh yeah, again, great job on that yeah. getting any of those guys to talk is, is yeah. Yeah, you know, my perspective is my perspective, but getting it from the roots.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Hey, so you're just back from Mammoth? KX five hundred, yeah. man. Um, to, yeah. you, you were telling me I'm a little bit back. about you were telling me a little bit about this at uh, uh, I think Paula or yeah Paula. So it was a random bike off Craigslist.
0: No, hundred percent. I bought it from a guy <laughs> in Arizona. Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> 100%. I bought it. We got it. My friend brought it over from Arizona, and I bought two of them at the same time. My friend Donnie bought one. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, from there, we just stripped the thing down um, and started doing it. And it's crazy because, you know, when you're doing a bike build, old bikes, which I didn't know this, but you can jump online and get on these forums oh. where everyone knows, yeah. knows where parts are and all this stuff. And uh it was it was kind of it was fun, you know, I mean meeting a lot of different guys. There's a one guy in particular, the guy from KX Guru Racing that built that Sonny Garcia five hundred and a few guys bikes. He helped Sean Collier with his.
2: Uh-huh. Um
0: so he was really helpful, gave me some cool parts and well we we tricked it out. We put a four fifty brake rear brake system on it. Mhm. Um Mitch really pro circuit dialed the engine for me and all that, so I mean, of course, it was nice to be able to have people to help out with, but
2: yeah.
1: parts are hard to come by for those things. I've restored three bikes, a 90 Cali and an 89 Honda and an 88 Yamaha, and you're, you're right, dude. You get into the rabbit hole online of trying to figure out what works <laughs> and, what, and what doesn't, and yeah. I, I, I yeah. put a specific year of YZ250 foot peg on the Honda but I had to use a different spring from another year and a pin from one year. It was just Oh yeah. It's right. a goose shape, man. Right. Right, absolutely. So, had you ridden 500s much back in the day? Have you had any experience?
0: No, not really. I never the era of 500s was finished basically when I got to the premier class. Right. So, I had re- I had ridden 500s um you know, back when I rode Yamahas as an amateur at Mammoth, I was Okay uh b class at mammoth so yep. intermediate that year that was the year right year in 88 before i turned pro yeah and uh i rode a 490 the first moto there and then the bike blew up and then i rode it um ryan carlisle's like tx500 on the second moto and ended up winning that moto in the intermediate so i won seven and nine motos that one year as an intermediate
1: oh. and uh
0: I I did ride 500 a little bit that that one weekend in June back in '88. And that was it? Didn't have any experience. Yeah. No, no 500. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So, what'd you think? Uh, You won, right? You won your class?
0: Well, I I won, but it's not, you know, look, I raced this class called Smoke and Fire. It's a two stroke class with old bikes. Oh, okay. My bike bike was certainly probably the trickiest bike out there and the fastest bike. So, it wasn't like, um, you know, I wasn't racing. Yeah. You know, rewardy or anything on the thing, but uh, it 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 was a blast. I the, the class w- was like first moto of the day, so the track was just money, and it was kind of like you know dirt surfing out there on the 500. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things I one of the things though, I have to say, I don't remember it. It doesn't seem it didn't seem that fast. Really? I remember the bike being way more fast. Cause yeah, I was like oh kick 500. Or CR500 or any of the 500s back then were, were crazy fast. Well, I mean, now after doing this, come to find out, I mean, our 450s are so fast right? that riding the 500 doesn't seem, it's a different type of power, it doesn't seem that gnarly fast to me. Yeah. So, I don't know whether it was the altitude or
1: no, what, but... I don't think so. I raced, I it's just, yeah, I raced yeah. them a lot. I've raced 500s a lot over the years, and they were really fast. So I'm I'm going to lean with the fact that the 450s have have become amazing. That's what I'm going to put it out. Yeah, and you
0: know? I, I think yeah, I I would agree with you. And you know, we seem to forget really fast how how lightning fast the 450s are because we're so used to them. But right, right. Um, you know, the 500s are one hell of a fast bike, but it didn't seem that fast. So that's a testament to how good our our, our
1: current bikes are. You know. And how was the vibration? <laughs>
0: well, a lot of people said it was going to vibrate like hell, but. Uh, I think maybe Mitch must have balanced the crank or did something cool in there because my bike is it didn't vibrate that much. Really? Okay.
1: All right. Yeah, that's good.
0: So yeah. I was. I. I don't know. Um, you know, I didn't really ride it when I first bought it off Craigslist. Mm-hmm. I just it was rideable, but I just started stripping it down right away because I was so excited.
2: Right. So right.
0: I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, I honestly don't know what it felt like before Mitch did the motor and after. So now, it felt good. I didn't didn't feel like I had any vibration problems.
1: You put a modern front end on it, right? And an 89-250 yeah. front a tank? 89-250 tank? Did you ever get that? I mean, to talked to you when you were trying yep, to find one. Yeah, I did one. get it. Okay, yeah, All I right. did get it, yeah. Uh,
2: six hundred bucks for thing.
1: <laughs> you're Damn. like, you're like, you're like, I'm Jeremy McGrath. Yeah, it's six hundred dollars, dude. Yeah. yeah, we don't care. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they don't
0: care. Here's the price. <laughs> Here's the price. There's one in existence. Yeah. in the United States. Right. Six hundred bucks. Right. You want it or not? I was like, okay, send it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what's funny is you, you, you back in the Stanton days and Bale and Wardy, and all that. Hondas were so much technologically a little better, they were racier, they were skinnier, they were faster, mm-hmm. but the Cowie yeah. was a better bike. You talk to any of those old school guys, and they will tell you that oh, yeah. the, the, the way the KX laid out, the way the power built, it had a power valve, um, it was a way better bike, the KX500.
0: Yeah, it was. I mean, in the 500 Honda was so, uh, I mean, light switchy. Yep. And, you know, when I was racing for Mitch back in the day on Pro Circuit, that was the years that they were racing 500s, and it was, I mean, Bale could ride the 500 pretty good on the Honda. Yep. But Stanton, as strong as he was, he still even had trouble. You know, mm-hmm. the, those guys, Wardy and those guys that were riding the Cowies were, were looking like they had a lot easier time riding that bike. So yeah, it was, it was very apparent back then too. Yeah,
1: Dogger said it was great. Put it in third. And leave it. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was perfect for his style.
1: Yeah, he didn't want to work a lot, right? So it wasn't. No. no. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Go yeah, ahead.
0: Yeah. I think I remember that one year he swapped out of Millville and broke his femur on that bike, though.
1: Steel City, Steel City, going up the hill.
0: Oh, was it was it Steel City? Maybe he came back in Millville or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um. It was pretty bad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Mammoth is is a is a place that all guys love. It's a lot of it's a special race. I, I was telling somebody the other day. I've been to Bercy, I've been to all the Supercrosses, all the Nationals, I've been to all the destinations. I've uh, been all over Canada, racing and everything else, uh, GPs. I have never been to Mammoth. i just never been. It's weird.
0: Yeah, it's... You gotta check it out one time. It's... People love it. Not only... A, yeah. yeah, not only a really bitching track, it's, uh... You know, it's... The, just when you get in that mountain air, that fresh air, and the, you see the mountains around with snow on it, and you're... It's kinda of one of those things like I kinda of equate it to when I'm going riding on the beach down in Mexico. You have a smile on your face ten feet wide because you know that in California or anywhere else in the United States you'd get rested in two seconds, uh-huh, but when you race mammoth, it's kind of the same thing. you feel like, dang man i there's no way I should actually be able to ride in the mountains like this and just be having that much fun and uh you know, so it's the whole atmosphere thing is pretty.
1: Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I was supposed to go in ninety. Yeah, you 90- got to experience it one time. I had a ticket in nineteen ninety eight. It was the day after Buds Creek. I was going to leave. My rider, uh, Danny Smith, tore up his knee, and that was it. That was my end of, end of my trip to Mammoth for that for that, that that year. So that was it. Oh, oh, I see. Um, can I bring my e bike? Yeah. Do they let the e bikes go up there?
0: Oh yeah, they let e bikes. E bikes are legal on the mountain and everything. Ah, yeah. sweet.
1: I'm in then. I'll bring my I'll bring my uh, intense. So um, yeah, yeah. How uh, truck racing's on hold for you right now? little bit? No, I mean truck racing is over for me.
0: Yeah. I uh, I'm, I'm gonna. Well, let's just say this. <laughs> it's over for uh
1: points racing. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's um. You'll jump in when you can. Over. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do Cran, I think, which is the 50th anniversary this year. Uh huh. So I'm gonna do that. Um, racing a Pro 2 out there. I may race Glen Helen, a local race here for Lucas. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but at at this point, I'm done racing for points. Yep. I'm just racing for for fun. And my kids are actually racing uh, off-road right now, racing trophy cars.
1: I saw that, so, yeah.
0: So, so I'm just going to let them race, and I'm just playing. Sweet, all good. I'm no no more competitive racing. Yeah, yeah. At least for me, when it comes to truck racing, and uh, uh, I'm going to save all my fun and racing for anything I might want to do on my bicycle. (laughs) Well, sorry, not my bicycle. On my motorcycle. Sorry. Well,
1: now you got. Now you have a KX 250 and a KX 500. If you ever want to, ever want to go into the two-stroke Evo races series.
0: Totally, we got. We got. I got. Uh, bikes for all situations now. So,
1: it's perfect. <laughs> hey, how'd the, uh, the Maxxis MSST hold up on the 500? How was it?
0: Oh, it was so good.
1: Yeah. You know, I still have
0: people asking me. It's crazy. I still have people asking me, man, I know you get paid by Maxxis. Are those tires any good? Are you for, are you for real with those tires? <laughs> Put the wheel on the curb, and then we don't need to block. Um, and, and I go, are you, I go, I I am sponsored by Maxxis, but uh, I would not have them on my bike if they didn't work. You no, know what I mean?
1: no, yeah, you don't want to crash. You don't want to. Yeah, it's not good. It's not working. Yeah, it, and, the, and
0: the the MXST is so good. I'm just I I keep having to explain it to everyone. I'm like, you guys should should be trying this stuff. I mean, ask Foster. He he's he loves them tires. Yeah, leader. He wrote them. He wrote them. He's ridden them now for almost a year. Yeah, he loves them so we got a lot of guys on them, and you know it's been a big wheel to try and get moving but yeah we're making some headway they they're making good stuff
1: well as i was i've been saying on my shows like you may not think of maxis for a high end uh race tire like from what their old line of stuff and i get it but this one's all new and this one's as good the company can make anything they want it because of the technology and the budgets they have and they've decided to make okay. a high end tire you know and and and, and that's what they yeah. produce so
0: right and and you know A lot of people don't know this, but my relationship with Max started out as a truck tire. Right. You know, for my truck team, because they make the best truck tires. And and they make, as you know, they make the best mountain bike tires. Yeah. and, And road cycling tires. And their moto line was sort of, it seemed like it was, you know, later on the list. But once, like you're right, once they decided to accomplish, like getting, you know, in the, in the race with the with the moto tires, I mean they've killed it. Yeah. So
1: yeah, they've done a good job. We
0: have a new S, the MXST is the one we ride at Mammoth, but I've since tested the new IT, which is crazy good too. Oh, which good. The medium
1: trained hard-pack tire. So, right.
0: yeah, I mean it's all in uh, it's all in good time. They're working on it. But right. The tires are great.
1: Yeah, I put a a minion front. Uh, I wore out, I wore out my front. No, I sliced my front on my e bike out in it out in the trail on the stock yep. tire whatever it was the stock one put a minion on and couldn't believe the difference like I was like holy shit like a mountain bike tire you wouldn't think of that big of a deal but with an e-bike they're heavier and there's a little bit of power there obviously Yeah, yeah. Yep. man yep. it worked good it, it worked really good so
0: yeah no it's cool it's cool
1: hey when you when you test and develop a tire I imagine uh-huh. I imagine you're like a lot of the guys I worked with like Red Dog or anybody else It's 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 front end specific it's front end pressure it's the 80 it's the 90 sidewall are you just a front tire guy like most of you, most of you fast people?
0: Yeah, because, you know, I, I really had a lot of trouble in the 90s with front tires because the sidewalls were never strong enough. And I'm a guy that rides on the front of the bike just like Red Dog does a few guys. But, yeah. you know, uh, some guys, you know, Carmichael, for instance, or some other um, guys that ride off the back of the bike a little bit more, you know, that could be a different story. But yeah. it's always related to – Getting traction, braking with the front tire, making sure it doesn't roll. Mm-hmm. Also has enough compliance to, to to be good when you hit the small choppy stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of it's it's a constant front front tire thing. You yeah,
1: know? yeah. I think RV and RC probably don't know much about their front tire the way they ride, but everybody else is a <laughs> front tire guy. You know.
0: Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, who knows? Everybody's different, but right. Did you Those guys in particular ride off the rear, James?
1: Have you got a chance to try the twenty twenty KX two hundred and fifty yet? That just came out. Have you ridden it much?
0: I have not. Okay. I have not. They they asked me to go to break in day, which was about a month ago. Yep. And I know that yesterday and today everyone got their bikes, mm-hmm. which I'm excited for because I heard the new engine and stuff's much better. Yes. Um. So yeah, I, I have not ridden it. So. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what everyone's thinking.
1: The reviews that I've read so far, yeah, motor is much better. Everyone's very happy with the motor, so that'll be yeah, interesting. And I
0: know Cowie I know, Cali, I know had a plan of of doing like a, you know, they have like a 2019.5. Mm-hmm. You know, they made like half the changes they really wanted to make, and then in in then the next bike, whatever the 2021 or right. whatever it is, they're going to have a full model change which will be like the 450 at that time so yeah um i know they've been working hard on it for sure uh definitely
1: yeah it seems like it's 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 a good job so you've ridden. so we talked last time on the podcast about the 19 it was all new for kx 450 what have you learned about the bike or what do you what have you really enjoyed about it? obviously when, when last time we talked to you it had just come out and uh you talked about some of the stuff that you loved about it and everything else but as as time has gone on what's impressed you with the bike
0: uh, well, I think what's, I mean, what's most impressive is I feel like, you know, the turning on the new bike and the light and the and the engine, the engine is so fast. Uh, you know, in Mammoth when I was there a few weeks back, I didn't do one thing to my bike. I didn't change it, put the fast like clip in it. You know, we have the uh-huh. green, white, yeah, and, yeah the top, um, yep. and the black, right. And I, I just left mine in the middle where I ride it all the time at home. The engine is so strong and so fun to ride. Um so yeah, I mean, as a whole, the bike's just really, really rider friendly. So I like that.
1: Right. Uh oh, good good to hear. And you still enjoying working with uh Team Green and doing what you can and, and, and pitching in, you enjoying that process?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh it's been great. I I've made a lot of new friends obviously and, and like we've we've talked about before so yeah, it's it's super fun when I go to the races. I've met, you know, I've become friends with all the families and the and the parents and the kids. And so you know what, I've been to Loretta's again now the last like three or four years. Yep. And Mammoth, I see the same crew. It's, it's really enjoyable hanging out with Chappie and Travis and all the guys at Team Green when we're there. And
2: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the face of many things. Yep. Uh, when it comes to Cowie, I'm I'm. You know I'm real excited about, you know, there's some news ahead here with the side by side world, which is pretty cool. No oh, good. Excited about that for Kawasaki. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, yep. I'm kind of involved in a lot of stuff, and I'm enjoying it. I mean, let's face it: if I if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't be doing
1: it. Right. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast with the King, Jeremy McGrath. Appreciate the listens. Uh, whether it's this show, whether it's the uh, Steve Mathis archives. Volume 1, 2, and 3 that are available on, on iTunes. I get a lot of people asking for podcasts of guys that I've already done shows with. So please, check out the archive. Search a last name. I've done some really cool shows in the past, and they're still relevant. They're still valid. It goes back through the guy's career. So just search Steve Mathis on whatever podcast app you have, or search it on, on the PubMex app, and you can find out all the podcasts that I've done with some of the greats, like Stanton and Bale on the line at the same time, or uh, RJ and Stanton on the line at the same time, or wardy glover emig they're all there so thank you fly racing flyracing.com please check them out on the web and uh if you're in line for a set of gear or a set of boots the fr5 are the mid-level boots from the folks at at fly racing this year yeah just go there search them and uh, they'll dial you in thank you uh for fly for everything they do for the shows and including the pulp mech show and everything else Racetech, racetech.com, Ben LeMay using Racetech uh, suspensions and engines this year in Supercross. Absolutely killing it. Michael Essie just won Gopher using Racetech suspension, Gopher Dunes up in Canada. Uh, get your motor work done, get your suspension work done, or just get your motor or suspension serviced, people. Just do something like that, and uh, Pulp19 is a code to save with the folks at Racetech. So thank you, Fly Racing. Thank you, Alpine Stars. Thank you, Maxis. Let's get right back into the show with Jeremy McGrath. And how's the travel? Are you okay with the little bit of travel you do, or does it still drive you nuts, or how's that part of it no it's
0: it's fine, yeah, you're all right It's fine i actually <laughs> i actually I actually don't mind it anymore because you know it's it used to be so difficult because you're putting out that physical effort and that exertion and all the racing and all that plus the travel but now I just travel and smile and yeah. take pictures and sign autographs. Yeah. That's not a bad world to live in.
1: No, no, it's not. You're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Hey, we were talking about on my show, you know, the guys have had a brutal stretch here. They they Southwick, WW Ranch was, you know, all time in Florida. Southwick was a hot one and a sand track. Red Bud was no it was very tough. Those are days you don't miss. Uh, I you know, trying to equate what these riders have put themselves through the last three weeks in a row uh, trying to recover. Sex, Chase Sexton, you know, couldn't even make it. Uh, guys overheated in Florida. It is, it is something that I don't know if you can really equate to a non-dirt bike riding person how much these guys are putting through their bodies. And and you did it for weeks on end. At sometimes.
0: Yeah, this last three week stretch has been real hard on these guys. I can tell.
1: Yeah. Um, and and your guys right, some of the
0: and may, maybe maybe the hardest stretch ever, right? Because of the weather and the track. The specific tracks they went to i mean southwick southwick was always one of those tracks that was just so demanding and then you throw in that new track in florida and then you throw in red i mean these guys are at their wits end as far as physical exertion yeah and you know i, I mean for the longest time ever and it, and it's historically known i mean i wasn't big on doing the nationals and it was a lot of work and i didn't like it and all that but one of the things is when I finally got myself in shape and could actually do it and do it well, yeah. then I kind of reveled in the idea of, of going to the toughest places, roughest places, hottest places. I I um, enjoyed that. Now, it's a different era, I agree, and there's a few guys that have been able to pull it off pretty seamlessly the last few weeks, but um, I know it's taxing on these guys, and there's specifically a few of them out there that you can see it's affecting them
1: for a while. Yeah, I'm surprised that we don't see, Chad is one guy, but I'm surprised we don't see more Supercross-only deals. Uh, At one time, it was you, it was Wyndham, LaRocco, Chad, uh, James, you know, James on when he's on Brooks' team. We had a lot of big-name guys, Supercross-only, and you started that, of course, in 99. I'm surprised we don't have more of that. Um, and, And I don't know if it's the OEMs fighting back or if these guys simply don't care enough, but... You know, you certainly started it, and I was wondering if we'd keep it going. Well, I
0: think here's the here's the thing. I I uh, you know, as a fan, it kind of sucks. I I totally get it now. I mean, it kind of sucks not seeing those guys out there. If 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 that were the case, I understand that. But you know, if you think back, the only guys that were ever Supercross only were guys that were on private sort of private or support teams.
2: Right. Doesn't right. mean
0: they were necessarily. Not a top rider or the top rider, yep. but they were always on a on a sort of a private team, sure, and could sort of make their own rules. So we're not seeing a lot of that right now, probably because there really isn't. I mean, the only one that's on the private side team is is Chad. So, yep, um, you know, we're just not seeing that right now. Eh. I bet there's a, plenty of them. If you took a survey, there's probably plenty of them <laughs> that wouldn't mind that schedule.
1: Well, and I guess I skipped out of Concepts with Brayton. Uh, but yeah, there's not too many guys. Oh right. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's if you took a survey, I bet you some guys would be like, "Hey, you know what? Yeah, take some of my pay if I can just do supercross only." I'm oh yeah, I
0: think for sure they'd go for a pay cut in a second, probably just to skip those
1: six months. Um, dude, you got a lot of heat when you when you wanted to do that. I don't know how bad it got personally with you and fans and sponsors, but no one had done that before. Um, you were the number one guy in the sport. And you just – I was a mechanic back then, and I'm just like, what? He's skipping the outdoors? Like, what? How? how, Why? Like, how bad was that for you early on?
0: Well, here's the thing I had going for me. If you remember right around that time of 98, I had – I broke my wrist in 98 in Supercross. Yep. So the thing I had going for me, and it was just crazy coincident timing, is the fact that I, I, I dropped out after Mount Morris which was the third national. Mm -hmm. And in 98, Hangtown Hangtown was the first national that year. That was the last national I ever won. Yep. Um, And then Glen Helen, and then and then it went, or it went Glen Helen, Hangtown, then Mount Morris, I think back in the day. And and, uh, at high point, I finally dropped out because I crashed in practice and hurt my wrist. Well, I had to go get surgery at that time. And then, that's when I kind of made the announcement that I was going to be changing. And, uh, and so I I sort of had a little bit of leeway. It wasn't like I hit everyone with a sledgehammer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: So I didn't, you know, look, it was the first of its kind. I didn't, there was some heat, plenty of heat, and especially from the purest. Yep. But, you know, but overall, it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, people understood. Yeah. And honestly, it made my, it really did make my career longer in Supercross, so that was really what mattered.
1: Yeah, you said that. You've said that many times that if you if you hadn't been able to do that, it might've, you might you might have packed it in a few years earlier.
0: Yeah, that's
1: uh, true. Which, that is true and I still feel that way. Right. Uh yeah, I I believe it, man. It's it's a grind for these guys for sure. I was uh I was talking to Randy Lawrence the other day and we were bench racing and he mentioned to me that after Suzuki in 97, of course you go to Suzuki, he said yep. you were maybe going to go back to Honda in 98. I did not know this. No, no, there's oh. no chance. Okay, so I don't <laughs> think that Randy's memory is is off a little bit. I, I mean, I, I I was blown away. No. Okay.
0: I mean, the, the the options for me at the time were, you know, we were setting up this this Yamaha thing. Right. Um because right then it was Lusk was leaving Yamaha, right? He signed with Honda. Right. So, the options for me at that time were stay with Suzuki or do this new Yamaha program. Those were my only two options. Right. So, Okay. Um yeah, there was no no way I, I mean, honestly, I don't even think Honda would have took me back at that time. Um
1: I I will uh, I'll tell you know, RL that he was out to lunch at that time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting a little he's getting older. Right. So I don't yeah. know, maybe
1: <laughs> Mem- memory's going. Um <laughs> yeah. and and then we were we were talking also that people forget in early 98, in the off season of 98 and then early 98, you didn't come out yeah. of the gate guns blazing. Like it was like uh oh no no yeah.
0: actually no actually I wasn't in the off season that year in in uh in Europe I was not I was not doing well and I was not super happy with the bike at that point yeah but we hadn't we hadn't kind of we hadn't kind of struck gold yet on the setup and uh, just after we got home from some of that winter racing mm-hmm. geneva geneva in particular i'm not sure if you were there at the time but that night i think button won in geneva that year he smoked us and uh, i only won one night that year in bercy and i was actually crashing a lot i just wasn't having a good time with the front end on the Yamaha. although the bike was great uh, great mm-hmm. engine was good chassis felt good i just couldn't get any front end traction and as we said earlier i was a front end kind of guy yeah um you know i just couldn't get it to work and then when we got home we just hustled and hustled and hustled and hustled and finally got it and uh from then on you know w- once we found the setup for the yep. next 3 years it was just right it was it was solid uh, i mean basically what we did is we made my 98 yamaha a 96 honda <laughs> and and that's what we did and that, and 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 it was over
1: well you know? or or the and the 96 honda was really a 93 honda
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, well there you go. Yeah. Whatever. One. Some hybrid right. in there. Right.
1: Yeah, which is crazy because I remember as a as Tortelli won the opener and then Yogi won, I think. And you were good, but it, you weren't dominating and people were like, "Oh boy. Oh boy." But then then you won like yeah. round 3 or 4 and it was over from there, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it takes a lot. I mean, 97 was a massive like it was a massive being in my confidence, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it took the, it took it took a lot more time to sort of find that again including bike setup. Yeah. Including including bike setup. So uh, you know, it was one of those things that it just it just took a few it took a month or two.
1: Right. History history looks at you as having a down year in ninety seven, but you're like a flat tire and a clutch issue from being supercross champion. You know, you didn't ride as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. But, and, and, and
0: what? Like, what, what did that equal out? To be like 10 points or
1: something? Something like that, whatever <laughs> it was. Right, right. But, yeah. but then everybody's like, oh, Jeremy on Suzuki? Oh, yeah, he sucked. He sucked. <laughs> but it was actually. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dude, the worst I ever got, the
0: worst I ever got in, uh, let's see, 93 to 03 to 02. Yeah, I finished in 02. So the worst I ever got in the series was third.
1: Yeah, right. So I went
0: seven first, <laughs> two seconds, and a third, and then I retired.
1: Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was fine. It was it was okay. It was it, most people would take it that those years, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was, you know, of course, I was disappointed in my own performances, but still, you know, not a bad effort for no for what was going
1: on. Would you do anything differently at Suzuki years if you had to do it over again? Would there be anything that you would do differently? You no, know,
0: I think. Um, well, yeah, of course I would have. I would have left Honda earlier and got that Suzuki a little bit better because I think I would have had a great relationship with Suzuki. Right. Um, Mel Harris and and that whole crew over there were awesome. Yep. I mean, they were just awesome. Even Roger, he was there. I, it was all awesome. Um, I have nothing but good things to say. It's just the bike wasn't really ready. Right. For you know they weren't ready for me and the bike wasn't ready for like my supercross speed or whatever i don't know mm-hmm. so it's just one of those things that it would have been nice to have a little more preparation cuz i think we could have done it no problem
1: yeah 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 it, would, yeah it was pretty late for sure so
0: yeah i think it was what like november
1: i don't know i remember when the cycle news came out and it was like what he's riding suzukis yeah. what i always i always blame shane drew because he was going to be your mechanic And then you came out to Edwards Air Force Base one time, crashed a bunch, and went home. And then you, and it was Shane's like first day with the at Honda. So I always blame Shane Drew that you left Honda. So I
0: know, I know,
1: right? It took him a lot of years to recover from that. We (laughs) talked about it later. (laughs) It did pretty funny. It did, absolutely. (laughs) So, uh, Jeremy, Um, but that is true. That's a true story
0: because, um, when, when I, the final straw was when I went to Glen Helen, I think it was Glen Helen. We were doing Edwards Air Force Base in Glen Helen okay. around that time, um, trying to do, uh, testing on that new bike.
1: Yep, the 97, and, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and I think the final straw was at Glen Helen one day and it had big old ruts and square edges and holes. And I was, I was just on the phone with my dad after that. I'm like, I don't know what happened, Dad, but I can't. I I think I forgot how to ride or something. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, we got to make other plans because this bike's not working well.
2: <laughs> and so, uh,
0: you know, that's kind of when yeah. uh, he made that yeah. call to. Uh, I think it probably started with Ken fought, then it went to Mel Harris and, and you know Pat and all the guys at Suzuki. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was uh it was a weird. It was a really weird time, but. um you know, I don't think I would change it because I don't think I, I don't know, if, I don't know if I would have the three Supercross championships at Yamaha, those three extra championships. I'm not sure I would have had those if I would have stuck around at Honda.
1: Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, just, you mean it's motivation, motivation-wise, like.
0: Well, that, I, yeah. I think bike-wise. Had I stayed oh, at oh, Honda, I, see. I yeah. don't think, I, I don't. I don't know if even I don't know if my riding I don't know if I could have pulled it off. Yeah, good point. I just, yep. I, just don't, I mean think about when I left Honda. You think about Ezra, Lust, Tortelli, and I don't know what year Wyndham was finally there, but ninety nine.
1: Yeah.
2: How many
0: times did yeah How many times did Lust just hit the deck? Yes. And yes. Just, and Tortelli. Yeah. The only- I mean, violently.
1: Yeah, the only thing is that both those guys crashed in other brands, but I know I know what you're saying. I got I got it. I know what you're saying. Um, they did, but yeah. um,
0: Ezra Lusk, I think Ezra Lusk was more. Uh, he was more dangerous the year he before he went to Honda when he was riding Yamaha. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. He, he
0: was he was fast that year. Real fast.
1: yeah yeah. You could uh, you could definitely say that. A um, couple more questions for you, then we'll let you go here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Um, I think I've asked you this before, but maybe not. Who was a, who was an underrated guy that uh, we don't talk enough about that you raced? Is there a guy or a couple guys that maybe we don't talk about in the same vein as we should, uh, fans and media, that you, that you thought, thought was a great rider?
0: Man, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. I think, um, you know, we all certainly have our underdogs. I think that I was uh, – I think when I had Lampson as my teammate, when I had Button as my teammate, I w- it seemed like we always, you know, I think I was a good teammate because I was I would uh, help elevate my mm-hmm. teammate. Ferry, same way, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, we, we always seemed to get along, and those guys were sort of the underdogs, but they rode really well and had some great Supercross seasons when I was with those guys. As far as, like, direct competitors, I mean – you know, I think Larry Ward was a guy that was pretty underrated. I mean, he yep. was really, really good, and he never had—he always had like, like sort of support rides. Yeah. I mean, he was factored Suzuki there for quite a while, but then you know, when he was Nolene and all, you know, these other Honda Troy, you know, yeah, yeah, Honda Troy. I mean, Larry Ward was very respectful, you know, and he—he's he's one of my favorite guys that I ever raced with. I mean, he's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah. He won't do a podcast with me though. He—he's he's cool. We're fine. We're friends. But he just won't do one. He's like, I don't. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody cares. I'm just an old guy on a ranch. And I said, come on, Larry. So
0: He's got a complex because I think everyone would be interested in that.
1: I agree. You has got be- a lot, of great, a lot then, of
0: great stories.
1: Well, then he got mad at me, too, one time because I was making a, jo- a joke about him being super hard on mechanics, which he was. He was really hard on mechanics. So I don't know why he would get mad at me for that. He really was. He would drive guys crazy, you know. So. well
0: hey man it's commonly known in, in your guys in your mechanic world yes there's some common things I mean, and if that's one of them well then yeah. you know it's, it's his problem not yours
1: at some point Leroy said he had to put a set of brand new forks on stock forks every weekend just brand new stock forks springs oil everything <laughs> I'm like what oh, Leroy's like yes that's absolutely right so I mean that's that's the that's the all-time weirdo setup if you ask me. right, but
0: I bet you, I bet you today. If you ask Larry about that, he'd probably go, "Man, what was I thinking? Why did I even do that?
1: <laughs> what was so, I thinking? Yeah, boy, what an idiot I am, right? Yeah. So, yeah,
0: right. He's like, you know, because you you become more patient as you get older. Yeah, no, You're like, I, what in the hell? I mean, we've heard crazy stories about a lot of riders, but yeah, that's that's a pretty funny
1: one. No, for sure. Uh, all right, hey man, thanks, uh, thanks for the time. Always appreciate it. Fly Racing, Alpine Stars, Maxis Tires, MXST Tire, developed by. The man on the phone here, uh, Jeremy McGrath. So uh, check those check those guys out. And uh, as always, Jeremy, thanks for your time. Thanks for the bench racing, appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you down the road somewhere, right? Yeah,
0: man. Let's uh, let's check in after the outdoor series. We'll catch up on some more racing. As always, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, just anytime. Let me know. Thanks, Jeremy. All right, we'll see you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show.
0: we get our cylinders take them back and you know off we go and you know we ran Nicosil cylinders as a when I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike, you're not beating the ride. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in the days they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working-class hero, Doug Henry.